You're listening to the Going Offsides podcast. Your home for lacrosse news, stories, and everything in between. I uh, I don't know what to say, John. <laughs> I think I think uh, things are uh, figuring themselves out quickly here inside the top ten. Reinhardt yeah, is Reinhardt. I mean, I know this is such a re- really weird way to start the show, but I don't think anybody. I think we all knew Reinhardt was the favorite, right? Like that's not a surprise to anybody at this point. And every week they play another top 10 team and we're like, oh, this could be a preview of the national tournament. And then they destroy that team. And then we wait for the next team that could possibly be the team that they play in the national tournament. And so, yeah, Lawrence Tech played them and it didn't go that well. 19 to 6. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But um, let's talk about some other games that were a little bit closer this week. So Indiana Tech against Cumberland's 11 to 6. What'd you see? Yeah. So the main thing that was interesting about this one is Cumberland did something they usually don't do. They went out and threw a zone out at Indiana Tech and that actually did play pretty well. Held Indiana Tech to 11 goals, which I mean, 11 goals isn't like the best performance like to hold someone to, but given what Indiana Tech's done in other games lately, that's pretty solid, but they just couldn't hold out the whole game. Yeah, I think Indiana Tech continues to punish people in transition. They play extremely fast. I like what you said. Cumberland's did have a game plan. It did slow them down, but ultimately just, just wasn't enough. They couldn't break that defense down. They couldn't get enough possessions to make it work. And, you know, ultimately they fall 11 to 6. Moving on. We have St. Ambrose against Aquinas in their, you know, season opener. And SAU was able to pull away with that one 11 to 7. Yeah, I think the main thing I'm seeing from St. Ambrose is they're developing other players outside of Michael Shakeman, and it's helping them a lot. So teams aren't able to just key on him as they were last year. Keating had four goals this game. Um, another big thing, when you think of Aquinas lacrosse, you think of dominant faceoff play. This week, they were only 7 of 22 on faceoffs. Mm. Okay. Something to improve on for sure. And I, again, you made a great point. SAU needs to be developing these guys right now as quickly as possible because when it becomes later in the season and there is you know just more and more film and people start to game plan for them, they're going to need to be you know multidimensional. They're going to have to have many options. So I think you hit the nail on the head on that. Also in their debut this year, Siena Heights against Cumberland's 11 to five Siena Heights. We, we had talked about this. We weren't sure if it was really an upset because Siena Heights is always undervalued. They're always slept on and they always like start outside the top 10, but finish just inside. I don't know how we keep doing this to them every single year. I mean, I don't do it, but it happens every single year with the coaches ranking. So wasn't really an upset. I think this week will better reflect where, you know, where some whack teams are because now they're all finally playing, but they're able to beat Cumberland's 11 to five. It just looked to me like Cumberland's was out athleted. If that makes any sense to you, like Sienna Heights just looked like they had better athletes. 
they haven't been practicing that long. They haven't, they weren't able to scrimmage anybody and they just come out and they played physical. They played fast. The game was sloppy on both sides, pretty equally sloppy. And Siena Heights just took a lot of advantages over mistakes. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And one of the things I don't know if teams really prepare enough for is Siena Heights plays a very aggressive zone defense that as far as I know, they're the only team in the NAI who runs a zone like that. So that puts a lot of pressure on offenses. Um, the big one in this one was Siena Heights won the second and third quarter, six to one. Okay. That, that I didn't really look at the box score, but yeah, that definitely, it was very close going into halftime, right? And actually the scoring was very slow to start. I don't think there was a goal until really late in the first quarter. So uh, I think that third quarter was pivotal then. Yeah, for sure. Moving on, we've got Indiana Tech against Benedictine. And this is one of those ones where we thought, like, this could be a tournament game, right? Like, this is this is two ranked teams that we both think highly of. And how do they compare? And the answer is they don't, unfortunately. Indiana Tech uh, continued to do what it does, and they pretty much overwhelmed Benedictine. Thoughts? Yeah, it was just one of those where Benedictine just had no answers defensively for the Indiana Tech offense. Um, as we said before, transition, transition, transition. Indiana Tech might have the most athletic midfield, and they really showed it in this one. Final was 20 to 3. Um, and I was a little disappointed, honestly, in the Benedictine offense. I felt like maybe they felt a little bit pressure as they got down big early, and it looked like they were just kind of forcing things to the crease even when they weren't there. Okay. And then today, which unfortunately, I don't know, issues with the stream, whatever you may have, we weren't able to watch it. We were only able to follow the live stats, but Reinhardt, number one against number two, Lawrence Tech. And you had tweeted about it last night. I have, I had known about some of these things going into the game that there are some key pieces that are not with Lawrence Tech right now, whether it be between you know, graduating early and, and starting work right away, like, like a couple of these guys left to start their careers, whether it be ineligibility, whether it be whatever else, there's a few guys missing. That's what we do know. But I don't think that really explains, you know, and they only had, what, five days of practice? I don't know if that fully explains the score 19 to 6. I think if this game happens again in a month, it's much closer, much, much closer probably a five goal game but the reality is we watched a 19 to 6 game what did you take away from this yeah I think it was one of those where as we said you said about the Lawrence Tech being a little bit depleted just a very young and experienced team going against probably the most experienced team in the NAIA on five days of practice and that's clearly not an ideal situation um reasonable game up until half. I think it was nine, three. I want to say third quarter, Reinhardt went on a six Oh run at some point or something to that extent. And it was really just the midfield of Reinhardt picking them apart a little bit. Okay. Moving into this week, we've got some very exciting games, which we usually do, you know, not the seasons, you know, in full swing. So like we joked about at the beginning of the show, every week, Reinhardt has a new chance to play, you know, the team that may challenge them in the national tournament. And so they get a chance against who is currently number four, Indiana Tech. And to be honest with you, 
if tech can't do it, that really only leaves Columbia College. And uh, yeah, I don't want to speculate too far down the road, but I, I think tech has a really good shot because they can actually, they have the athletes to run with Reinhardt. It's going to come down to face-offs and goalie play, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. The Indiana Tech is one of the teams athletically that can keep up with Reinhardt. Um, and they're one of the ones that can actually stress the Reinhardt defense a little bit. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is a game where maybe it's a one or two goal game at the end. Um, as you said, I think the difference could be faceoffs and then maybe D mid play as well. Okay. Then we also get to see Reinhardt against Madonna. And this is a game that interests me because, you know, Madonna has actually given Reinhardt a little bit of trouble in the past. Now, that was a few years ago. And like you've mentioned several times on the show, Madonna has a lot of the pieces back from year one. So what do you think the chances are for Madonna on this one? I don't love the chances for Madonna. I think they can put up a decent amount of goals. They do have most of that 2017 offense back, the 2018 offense back. The one thing I will say is they still haven't figured out their defense yet. And I don't like that matchup against the Reinhardt offense. Yeah, in the past, I, th I think one of the differences, too, has been that Madonna has had a dominant face-off guy, and that has kind of basically negated some of their issues at defense. I'm not sure that they have that right now. I think that they're good on defense. I think they have a good face-off guy, but I'm not sure that either of those are strong enough on their own to keep them up, keep, get them enough possessions to, to keep up with Reinhardt. That being said... I mean, that's why the games are played, right? We got to find out for real. Later in the week, we have Cumberlands and Lords. And this is one, like you said before the show started, this is a must win for Cumberlands. I said that they've had what, what I consider to be good losses. I think by the end of this week with the updated rankings, every one of the teams that they lost to is going to be a top 10 team. That being said, they haven't beat a top 10 team yet. Yeah, I definitely agree with you about the quality of those losses. Um, this could be a pretty good game. I would say Cumberland's probably has the superior talent. Lords might just be playing a little bit better at the moment. If I had to pick one, I would probably go with Cumberland's. But as I said, this is a must win for them. We'll be back after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Level Lacrosse. Are you ready to take your game to the next level? Level Lacrosse has innovative products at an unbeatable price. From their aviator travel stick that fits in a backpack to their Apex rebounder that comes with its own carrying case. Need something more traditional? Their Altitude Complete Stick provides an aerospace aluminum alloy stick, a pre-strung head, and a lifetime warranty for only $49.99. And for every item purchased, Level donates sticks, equipment, and daily essentials to programs in need all over the U.S. and overseas. Order yours today at levellax.com, spelled L-V-L-lax.com, and use code G-O-S for 10% off your order. You, we can finally disagree on something, so you put out your new top 10. I don't really do a top 10, but I'm happy to kind of mess with yours a little bit. So why don't you give the people that aren't currently looking at your Twitter a rundown of your, of your new top 10? Yeah, so I actually made quite a bit of changes to this week's top 10. Um, number one, Ryan Hart. Number two, Indiana Tech. Number three, Columbia. Four, Kaiser. 
Coming in at number five, I dropped Lawrence Tech down there. Still think they're a top five team with room to grow on the year. Number six, I have St. Ambrose after the big win. Number seven, Siena Heights. And this is where it got a little iffy to me. I went number eight, Tennessee Wesleyan. Number nine, Madonna after a close loss to Columbia. And then number 10 was really a toss-up. I actually let the fans vote on this one. And they picked Ottawa. Okay. And see, this is where, and, and polling is different everywhere, right? Like I do the D1 media poll for NCAA and, and I really, it, it's kind of like, I understand that the records are what they are, right? Like a team might be one and four, but if they've only played the top five teams, they could still be ranked. It's just the way it is with some of the schedules. Like you could lose to only the top four teams and be the fifth best team in the country, but your record doesn't show it. Right. So I think that's a situation for Cumberland's right now. I still think that when I look at the talent across the NAIA, they're a top 10 team. I think maybe not as high as we thought initially. I think that they're at like nine or 10 right now. And I also honestly believe that we could see Siena Heights climb up above St. Ambrose at some point. And really, I think the WAC is going to be really interesting this year. I'm really looking forward to Lawrence Tech against Siena Heights, Lawrence Tech against Lords. I mean, there's going to be, just like there is in the AAC, I think there's going to be some cannibalism in the WAC once those schedules start where they start playing each other. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. And I'm not really sure why I feel this way, but the thing I'm most interested to see is kind of that mid-tier KCAC this year. Okay. So which teams, which teams really interest you in that situation? Yeah. So I want to see how William like Penn Ottawa, sets. William Penn, teams yep, like Ottawa, that. Ottawa, William Penn, teams like that, Midland, how they fare. And I want to see if they can maybe give Benedictine a run for their money or St. Ambrose a run for their money. Cause I think we're both in agreement that it's clearly Columbia up top on that one for now. Yeah. I think Columbia is in a league of its own. However, that being said, we've seen stranger things happen. So I definitely wouldn't count out St. Ambrose uh, just yet. Yeah, I agree. agree. Perfect, perfect. Well, that's all for this week. Uh, look forward to seeing you all next week. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe, give us a review, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Going Offsides.